Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Hi. So just to warn you, today's introduction is going to be a little bit of a wild, but I think exciting ride. Um, It is Monday as I'm recording this introduction. Usually I am way more ahead of the game and like weeks in advance on these, but I had a lot. I had to kind of wait to see how it panned out and things that I wanted to share with you. So I had to kind of do this one a little bit last minute. Hold on your hat, buckle up. It's going to be an exciting little ride here. And then we'll dive into the interview, of course. Um, And it's funny because in this podcast episode, you'll actually hear my guest, Mira Koten, talk about a single focus email and how that differs from a newsletter and also why a single focus email is Mira's preferred method. And I do try to do that in most of my podcast introductions. I try to keep one basic focus. But today I am doing the exact opposite of what Mira suggests in having one single focus in this introduction because I have a couple of exciting things I really want to share with you before we dive into the interview. First and foremost, I want to share uh, and express gratitude from the bottom of my heart about the amazing time that we had at the She Built This Summer Gala last Friday, June 24th at at Hampshire Hills in Milford. We had 100 local women entrepreneurs and professionals gathered to celebrate community and connection and gain inspiration. It was a lovely, lovely afternoon. We laughed, we cried. Well, I cried because I always cry at least once Um, and we danced. Uh, So a big, big thank you to all who joined us. I'm so infinitely grateful for you. And if you weren't able to make it, uh, we definitely miss you and we will hope to see your face at our next event. And in case you're brand new here and you're like, wait, you have events too? Why, yes, we do. Uh, She Built This is actually more than just a podcast. It's a women's entrepreneurship community that exists for the reason that I believe no one should have to do this thing alone when running their businesses. And quite frankly, it really sucks when you're an entrepreneur and you are trying to do it all alone. So we are building a loving firework of a community where everyone gets a seat at the table and feels like they belong. And really, we are all about just like joining in together, cheering you on towards the business that you are building, and also giving you really practical, tangible tools to get you to where you need to go. So if you are curious about what that looks like, you can learn more about it and what we're up to and how to get involved for yourself at SheBuiltThis.org. I also want to give a really big thank you to our reviewer of the week. This is an Apple podcast review from Erin Alilla. Erin is actually a fellow writer and podcast host of her own podcast called Talk Copy to Me, which I think we have an episode coming out together on her show, and she also has an episode coming soon on my show. Erin says, Emily's episodes are so actionable. I love listening to She Built This. Emily is an expert podcast host, and her guests all bring so much to the conversation. It's one of the few safe shows that I listen to all the time. 
Thank you so much, Aaron, for your kind words. And if you would have an extra, let's say, 60 seconds to write me a review, I would love to hear from you too. You can do that on the Apple Podcast app or on the um, She Built This uh, website on Apple. Um, in addition to She Built This and being the leader of She Built This, I'm also a freelance content writer. And I have a little something, something up my sleeve as a freelance content writer to share with you that's really for the person who is looking to gain some momentum and build their business and be working on it even in the summer. Um, so I'm getting ready to share loud and proud about my Marketing Momentum Lab group program, which kicks off at the end of July. This is gonna be a six-week, really high-touch opportunity to work with me, and you will walk away with a very solid visibility plan, but not just a plan, we are going to set in motion this plan, uh, the strategy that works for you. I'll make sure to include the link in the show notes, but if you are a podcast listener, you are amongst the first to hear about this opportunity. So if marketing, content, consistency, visibility, if those are things that you struggle with, I definitely want to invite you to check out the link in the show notes, emilyaborn.com backslash marketing momentum lab. You can also visit me on Instagram or just ask me for more details via email or send a messenger pigeon, whatever you like. Um, as I said, I will be sharing more about that next month on the podcast because next month on the podcast and in the She Built This group, the theme is communication. And today's episode, as you will hear, really ties June's theme, which was rethink, and July's theme of communication together quite well, I think, which is quite fitting for June 29th because it's kind of like the end of a month and you're like ready for the next one to start. So it's really perfect. Um, all right. Also, as I mentioned, I am a content writer, which really boils down to I love words and I get to play with words every single day for my job. I also love word games like Wordle. Um, I play that every single day. Quirtle, I play that every single day. Sometimes Octurtle if my mom like puts me up to feeling competitive or I get FOMO around it or I'm just trying to procrastinate. I also do every single crossword puzzle I can get my hands on. And my favorite game is categories because it's like my two greatest passions in life, words and also making organized lists of words. So I wanted to share with you today an activity that has come into my awareness, which involves words, and I can't help but spread a good thing around. So I said to myself, my listeners must hear about this amazing activity. And if you're on my email list and you did happen to get my single focus email today, you will have already seen this activity guiding you to listen to the episode. But honestly, it's so good. Uh, you, you, it's, it, it's something you can definitely experience twice. So what is the activity? You're like, Emily, just tell us what the activity is. I recently read Julie Eason's new book called The Five Author Freakouts. And if you are a writer or an aspiring author, this book is a must read. She walks you through all the pesky inner narratives that really trip us up and get in the way of putting our words first onto the page, but then also out into the world. And of course, she tells you how to like talk to these inner critics and let them know you are not putting up with their crap. One of the exercises that she shared in her book is really, really good. And I wanted to share it with you because I think some of you will find it very helpful. 
All you need for this is somewhere to get your words down, whether that's a Google Doc or a notebook or the notes app on your phone, it doesn't matter. And this just takes a few minutes. The point here is that it is not what is on the outside that matters, it is what is on the inside. And you can use this method to change anything that is happening around you by refocusing, rethinking, turning it back on what is inside of you. It's the key to releasing fear, overwhelm, procrastination, imposter syndrome, and self-doubt. And it also helps you, I think, overcome some of these fears or discomforts that you have around marketing and sales. Sounds really good. So that is why I gave it a try and that's why I think you're gonna enjoy it too. Step one, it's really just two steps. It's amazing. Uh, Step one, write down 60 positive characteristics describing who you are when you're at your very best. Now, you're going to use only adjectives. An example of some of mine. I am thoughtful. I am organized. I am hilarious, obviously. Uh, I'm loquacious, as you know from these introductions. I am creative, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My list goes on and on. Come up with 60 of them, 60 positive characteristics describing who you are at your best. And the beauty of this is you don't have to stop yourself at 60. You can keep adding to it. Um, You can keep adding to it down the road as more of these adjectives come to light and you get more ideas about who you are at your very best. Here's step two, super simple, read over your words out loud. And the best thing is you can read these words out loud before you start your day. You can read these words to yourself out loud before you are getting ready to tackle something that feels impossible. It is a reminder that person on that page, those 60 things that you just wrote down, that is you. So I want you to think about how amazing that person is first and foremost. And then what can that person achieve? What can that person do? What can that person be? What can that person have? Like, That is the key to overcoming some of these really difficult things that you're facing down. For me, it's an amazing reminder of who I am at my core, at my best, and it helps me to shift my focus on the internal stuff and remember that the external stuff is not so important. Um, and I highly encourage you, if you want like the activity you know, fully written out and fully processed through, make sure you get a copy of the book, The Five Author Freakouts. There are also some other really great activities in there and exercises just like this one. I'd love for you to experience it in the way I did. And I'd also love to hear what some of the adjectives are on your list. Like maybe you're witty, smart, caring, genuine, bold, quirky, nerdy, sassy. I want you to tell me, who are you inside? That is a way I love to focus on marketing too. And I think if you love this concept of focusing on the inside out approach to business and marketing and creating and life in general, you're gonna really love today's conversation with my fellow marketer, Mira Cotent. We talk about how to flip the script on how you're thinking about email marketing and why people are really opening those emails in the first place. Spoiler alert, it has very little to do with the subject lines and a lot more to do with what is inside you, what those adjectives are on that list that you just wrote down. We're also going to dive into why it's important to get clear on your values and align with who you are before hitting send on your emails, what your subscribers 
actually want from you, how to craft a single focus email to reinforce your brand, what the difference is between an email and a newsletter, and like so, 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 so much more. So now that you've buckled up for the intro and you got that off, you could take that seatbelt off and put your seatbelt on for our episode. Uh, I'm so excited to be chatting today with Mira Koten. She's an email marketing strategist and three-time Amazon bestselling author. She's also the publisher of MiraKoten.com, an award-winning site. She makes powerful marketing strategies simple and relatable so small business owners can build a community that is addicted to their zone of genius. And when not working with clients or on her next book, you can find Mira reading the Rebel Girl series with her eight-year-old daughter. Without further ado, here is my interview with Mira. Hi, Mira. Welcome to the She Built This podcast. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. So fun fact for the listeners, uh, while we're recording this, it is 7 p.m. my time and 7 a.m. Mira's time because Mira is located in Singapore, which Mira, I have actually been to Singapore um, and I fell asleep. I was, it was at a, um, I was having a layover and I was like 12, 13 years old and I fell asleep with my face in a plate of rice. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was so tired. (laughs) How many years ago was this that you visited Singapore? Uh, so that was was 24 years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's okay. All right. Yeah. We should have you back to visit. <laughs> I would love to. Very, very clean city. That was one thing I really appreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So I read your bio before you joined us, but I would love to hear, you know, in your own words, like who you are, how you got started and and how you help people. Yeah. So um, this is, I think, my sixth to seventh year in business. I help um, predominantly small business owners, solopreneurs with their email and um, content marketing strategy. So helping them put in place a strategy that um, really boosts boosts their authority and um, shows off their credibility and also gets people ready to want to do business with them. And I think that's what content and email should be about. I, I came into this pretty much by accident. Um, I'm the last person who should have been an entrepreneur because, um, yeah, it was just the way I was brought up. No one in my family is an entrepreneur. We were always told to go to college, get good grades and, and go, to, you know, go to work. So the, the road to success was always paved with like a corporate job and good grades. It was never, entrepreneurship was never a part of it. But I had a health scare that um, made me stay home and I had to go fix myself, get surgery and all of that stuff which um, led me to it. So I just started blogging because I wanted to do something. I really loved marketing, which was kind of what I was doing back in corporate. And um, I I guess I started to grow an audience organically and people were reaching out to me and asking me if I was taking clients and, and all of that. So that's pretty much how I began. And after that, the books and the courses and all of that came about. So yeah, in a nutshell. Well, I think that's perfect to lead into kind of like what the theme of this month's podcast is, because the theme is rethink. And I think you really did that in kind of like paving your own path and going your own way and doing something that wasn't exactly normal for those who had gone before you. Um, So I'd love to talk about some of the ways that you help women entrepreneurs also rethink maybe some of the norms. And I think we should start with like how you just help people break away from this word authentic and, and what it means to, to so many people and, and maybe like rethinking what it actually means. Yeah. And I, I think it's really become a buzzword, but 
the more we use it, I think we get far away from what it actually is about. And um, we, yeah, we really lose sight of that. For me, being authentic is really leaning into your curiosity and your hunches and your doubts, because sometimes, and it's so easy to fall into and take other people's views as your own, because just because someone is portraying and, and, and saying that this is authentic, this is what you should be doing, and we take that on and we want to follow that, it automatically kind of deviates from what being authentic is all about. Um, so for me, it's it's really about understanding yourself and your values so that you know how you want to put yourself forward. And this is, I think, the easiest way to not get swept away by all the noise. So this is what I always tell people in my audience, the clients I work with, is, is look at what you kind of go, mm, I don't think so. Or, or where do you feel that... Um, it's, it's, you know, what people are sharing is just not right or you feel that there could be a better way or you feel like there has to be something beyond that. You, you want to question it. These are the, the hunches that you want to be leaning into because it'll help you kind of discover your own pathway um, rather than just incorporate everyone's strategy or ideas and views as your own because we are just so quick to do that because it's, it's easy, right? You just hear something and you just want to take it as your own rather than sit down and think and formulate your own path. Um, so it's tough. Being authentic is tough, but um, I, I, it really helps you kind of uh, attract people who would go on to be really your loyal supporters and your fans and love buying from you and working from you. I think that's uh, working with you. Sorry. I think that's what it's all about. Apart from it just being easy, what do you think is underneath that? Like, why do you think we are prone to looking at other people and saying like, Oh, I'm going to do that, what they're doing or, or comparing ourselves to other people? Well, so many things. I, I, I really think this whole income based marketing kind of, um, um, you know, it, it really screwed us up because we, we look at all these big numbers and um, we look at the highlight reels and we want that. And there's so much pressure to have to get there fast. And people typically just share the after. They don't share the process. So they may have taken six years to get to a certain spot, but um, not many people share their journey and they just want to share, okay, this is where I'm at right now. And everyone is just so attracted to that highlight reel. So I think this is the main reason why we just are so quick to want to do things in a certain way. And there are lots of big voices in the space who are promoting certain things or doing things in a certain way. And, um, and we don't understand that it probably works for them because they have amassed such a huge audience. Um, they have huge budgets, huge teams, lots of resources, which is why something might work for them. But for someone else who's a solopreneur, who has a small team who has started lot later on it doesn't really work but um, they don't share that um, which is I think part of lots of the issues that we're seeing these days yeah and I really love how you how you summarized that or, or redefined that as leaning into our curiosity hunches and doubts I think that's really a nice uh, that's a nice reframe and takeaway for authenticity. Um, so let's, I'd love to focus on email marketing and like you have a lot to offer in all of the marketing, all of the different marketing buckets, but I really want to dive into email marketing and rethinking that. So to start, what mistakes do you see people making most often when it comes to email marketing? With email, there are so many mistakes. Um, well, I think 
the the biggest thing is there are lots of misconceptions about email. People think that they need to wait for a certain number of subscribers before sending anything to their email list. Um, they feel that you know email is. I think they just don't think through on the the journey of that subscriber. So the moment someone signs up, everyone wants to grow their list, but they don't think apart from, okay, what happens to that person after they get on my list? Am I sending them anything at all? So the most people would do is, okay, they send a welcome email. Um, some people, yes, they go a little bit ahead. They send a welcome email series, which is kind of like a, you know, a few different emails in a sequence that, that goes out as soon as someone signs up. But beyond that, they are not being top of mind. They are not coming into that subscriber's inbox on a regular basis. And when you don't do something like that, it's hard for them to build trust. It's hard for them to see you as someone that they can look to for help in this area. And this is something I call content expert association. And if you want to sell products and services, you absolutely need someone to associate you with the topic of the offer. So if you're not talking about it enough, if you're not repeating your message in your emails, then um, this is, I would say the biggest mistake I see is that people are just not consistent. And um, the consistency, they would typically say that I don't have ideas, but I think it really stems from not making email a priority. And, you know, if I was to be honest, email is just not something that's seen as fun or sexy like social media. You know, social media, everyone wants to be there, but um Ultimately, email is the way I say it, it's your mainstay. It's still the most profitable marketing channel. So yeah, tons of mistakes, but this is just the, the kind of like the tip of the iceberg, if I was to say that. Yeah, you made a really good point. So when somebody signs up for your email list, I, I, I've i done it. Like I've subscribed to someone's email list and they maybe they don't even have a welcome email. Maybe they don't even have a welcome sequence and they don't send regular emails because of exactly what you said. Maybe they only have 80 people on your list. Well, those 80 people don't know that they're the only 80 people on your list, you know, or those 50 people don't know they're the only 50 people on your list. So I say like, however small your list is, start now, you know, start working because that's also going to give you a lot of practice that you need to start like figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And you, pr most of us, 50 people, if they signed up and, and signed on the line, that'd be a, that'd be a win, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and, and I think we, we, we kind of don't see that. And we, and what you said is just spot on. And because those people don't know, they signed up because you were there at that point in time. Maybe they saw something of yours, a content piece or, or, or a page or a freebie or something. And they felt like, hey, I think this person has something that I want. Um, they resonated with some pain point that you have talked about and that they're experiencing and they signed up. So if you go on, take that moment and then you talk more about yourself and your story and how you can help them. This is going to go on to nurture and kind of build a solid relationship. So there are lots of missed points um, and, and missed opportunities and gaps specifically in the earlier touch points of that, 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 that customer journey. And a lot of people and, and many of my clients, when they come to me and they're like, I want to get this offer out there. I want to launch it. And I'm like, okay, so how long have you been talking about this? And they're like, um, I haven't emailed them in three months. So you're, if you're only going to show up and you're selling something, obviously mm. you don't cross it all. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about this because I think this is a big myth. And I think a lot of people listening, I think a lot of people listening don't 
love email, but I don't think that they would not open an email from someone that they care about and respect and value the content from. So I hear this a lot. Uh, Are people still opening emails and reading them? Oh, yes. And it really depends on who it's from. And you kind of mentioned an absolutely amazing point because there was a, the, some kind of research that I read sometime back, I think it was from email monks or something like that. And it said that we think that it's the subject line that makes people open emails and everyone fusses over the subject line. But at the end of the day, it's really the name that they're looking out for. So if they start to associate your name with, and I'm going to throw the loaded word value, <laughs> they kind of associate your name with value and they know that they're going to get something out of it they are going to open your, your, your email. And I've kind of tested this out with um, my email list as well. And I shared this with them and I told them to kind of take a pause and think about why they actually opened emails from me. And I got a ton of responses and they were saying that, you know, Mira, you're right. I used to think that it was a subject line, but I realized that, you know, when, when yours or a couple of other people's name pops up, I immediately open it. I don't even bother looking at the subject line. So um, so yeah, ultimately it's your name. It's it's the kind of um, impression they have of your brand. And just one other thing I wanted to say just now about um, the welcome email series, which I think is, is, is something that's very important for people to remember. The first couple of days is when people have the most, um, they're most excited to know about you. Again, this is something that draws from research. I'm, I'm a huge email nerd, so I really like to dig into this stuff. Um, the first, I, I think it's the first 36 to 48 hours is when some uh, someone is the most engaged with your brand. So you want to make use of this so-called golden kind of hour um, because and it makes sense you know they they just found you they 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 said you know they read something and um, they signed up so if you are going to be in the inbox during this time don't disappear after the welcome email or don't disappear after they signed up and you're going to be consistently in their inbox you know maybe two or three touch points during this period this it really cements your uh, brand in in their minds Okay, let's talk about like what people actually want to read because I I agree with you. I don't think that the subject line matters quite as much as we're giving it credit to. And actually, you've challenged me to do something really fun with the subject line for this podcast episode. So we'll see how it goes and I'll I'll report back to you. Um, But what do people like really actually want to read in our emails? So I, okay, I, I always like to push my audience a little bit. So People would typically say that, oh, you know, if you tell me how to do this or if you give me a couple of tips about whatever niche it is, you know, whether it's fitness or, or productivity or, or marketing, give me a couple of tips. That's the kind of stuff that I want. But I have seen that beyond the tips and the how-tos, people really want to be challenged in a sense. They want to dive deeper into things that... Um, they've always believed but may not necessarily be true they really want to see how they can explore different things um or or, you know if you bring light to things that um they've always been doing a certain way and you kind of flip it around and you flip the script i think these are things that people crave so out you know on the outside they may say that you know i really want some tips to help me do certain things if you give me some step by steps um I, i really like it So yeah, that's on the outside. But deep down, if you kind of challenge them and push them a little bit and send emails that are a little bit out of the norm, they really crave that and they love that. Um, So 
I, this is a different take, but those are the types of emails that I have seen that get me the most engagement, pe- get people really excited. Okay. I'd love some examples. I, I love this. Um, and I, now that you're saying this, the people that I look forward to reading their emails the most, I set aside time and I'm like, I'm going to read every word and click every link and like find out all of the things, but they are people that challenge me or are like a, like a really interesting new perspective. Um, so I'm kind of with you on this and loving it, (laughs) but I'd love to hear some examples. Yeah. So one of those that you just mentioned where, you know, you're getting them to reframe their perspective because any, any niche that you're in or, or any offer that you have, there are always going to be objections. There are always going to be false beliefs. There are always going to be um, like myths that people are believing. And if you know your audience well, which you should, it is not difficult for you to pick out on all of this. So whatever kind of, um, However, you're helping them sit and kind of figure out, okay, these are the things that people believe that are not true. These are the misconceptions that I've seen my clients have, which may be kind of blocking them from moving forward. Or these are the the mental blocks that people have. So these are the things that you can potentially break down. Or these are the things where you can potentially shift their perspective on. So um, I, I love to you know, really flip the script in a sense and dedicate a couple of emails to talking about these every now and then. Because when you do and when you challenge people um, in this way, it really gets them excited. So one of the recent emails I sent out was, um, the subject line was social media exit plan. So it was really challenging whether we need social media in the first place. And it got people very excited because it was something that they were going through in a sense that they were so burnt out with social media and um, they were looking for a way to, and wondering if they can, there can ever be a situation where you didn't have social media in your business. So it's things like this, just getting people to think about. You don't have to come in and give like an all or none answer or anything of that sort. It's just opening the conversation. Those are the types of emails that I feel people really love. You know, I got to say, it's like very similar with social media content. Like people love to uh, give their thoughts and opinions and feedback on topics. And so it's kind of like taking that, but just like thinking, thinking through that the, uh, user experience is going to be different, right? Like it's coming in and they can reply to you, but they're only replying to you. They're not replying to a whole thread. Um, but really, really like using a similar engagement style of like creating that excitement, you know, creating that like, like a dopamine inducing response of them being like, Ooh, I have a reply to that rather than just kind of like, yep, it's a tip that I don't have time to implement. (laughs) Yeah. And and you know, Emily, the thing is the, the, the tips and the how to's, you know, people would typically say, yeah, I, I, I love them. I want them, but I I've seen that the emails that actually get people to take the action that you want them to take, whether that's to reply to you or whether that's to go and buy or whether that's to, click and check out something else, the emails that do that are the, you know, the other emails that we're talking about, the, the types that fl- the, the types that flip the script. It's not the the typical how-tos and the tips. So you I mean, yeah, you you'll get opens and, and people may read it, but will they will it get it to get people to take action? I I, I don't really think so. I think it'd be a you know the percentage is a lot lesser. 
So I think this also all circles back to what you were talking about with like figuring out what is authentically you because it does involve a level of self-awareness and leaning into your own, as you said, uh, curiosity, hunches, and doubts. Like it really takes you getting clear and and listening to those things in order for you to be able to write an email like this. I think. Oh, yes. And a little bit of courage too, because when I was um, writing that email on um, social media, I, I was actually a little bit scared to put it out there because I didn't know how people were going to respond or whether I was going to be kind of bashed in a sense. But um, so yeah, it, it, it does take courage and it takes time to build up to that point where you feel like, you know, this is what I feel. This is how I think inside. I'm just going to share this out there. Um, the other thing you talk about on your uh, marketing material and on your website is a single focus email. And so I'm really curious about what that is and how that kind of helps as a brand reinforcement strategy and also like helping our overall email engagement strategy. Yeah. So the, well, you know, when we talk about sending emails, the first thing that people think about is, yeah, let's send a newsletter. So there's not much thought that goes beyond sending a newsletter. So let's kind of maybe get on the same page about what a newsletter is. Uh, so you know what I'm talking about Um and everyone listening in, they kind of know, okay, this is what, I, what I'm kind of referring to as a newsletter. A newsletter for me is an email with a bunch of different links. We get, you and I, we get newsletters every other day. So it could be, it's typically you have a short summary of what the brand or business is doing, you know, how, how are things, what have you been working on? And then it has links to your own content, or it could have links to content from elsewhere that you've seen and that you like. Um, so there very rarely there is like a theme around it. It's, it's basically a bunch of different things. It's kind of like a summary of the week, a summary of the month. And um, most people, when they think of sending emails, these are the type of emails that they envision sending to their list. So this is a typical newsletter. And um, there is, I would say there's nothing wrong with the newsletter, but if it's the only thing that you are sending week after week after week, this is where it's really going to hurt your message is going to help, uh, it's going to hurt the reinforcement of any message that you have. Now, why do I say this? Because of the layout and structure of a newsletter, you know, there's just so much noise, there's so many different links, so many different calls to action. Even if people are clicking around, it's very unlikely that they're going to take the action that you want them to take. So let's say you have um, a sales page embedded within that newsletter. And I just received one from a brand where they were selling something and they embedded it within a newsletter. And I was like, oh gosh, what a missed opportunity. Because where, you know, there were so many other links. What is there to say that I'm going to click on the link that's going to lead me to your sales page? I'm, I could click on any other link. And um, when you kind of mix in so many different things we're talking about, it's, um, it's hard to get your audience focused on the perspective or the message that you want them to take away. So that is kind of like my gripe with a newsletter. So I'm not sending, I'm not saying that you should completely scrap the newsletter. I still send newsletters, but... I send it when I am maybe in between launch campaigns. So let's say I've got a launch this month. I've got something else that I'm selling or uh, priming my audience for next month. I have some space in between where, um, you know, I just want to keep my content light. And this is where I would send a newsletter. So yes, there is still space, but I would say don't send the, if that's the only thing you're sending, I would say switch it up. So this is where um, this emails come in. So single focus emails are where you... It is, you know, it be, the name basically says it. The entire email is 
focused around pushing one perspective or, or, or certain uh, message. And it works very well, specifically when you are, you know, priming your audience to sell the product, your products or services, or even if you're trying to build authority in a, sp- a particular space and you send these kind of emails, it's very easy to kind of layer and stack them up one after the other. So every brand has a few core messages around it. And when you break your emails down, let's say, okay, this month, I'm, this is, I'm going to build, I, I'm new to this space, I want to put in place kind of like what I like to call an authority building campaign. So all of my emails are going to be talking about this. Get your core messages together. Get each email to focus on one core perspective or one core message. So it could be sharing a story and then talking about the message. So there's only one takeaway for that audience from that one email. And when you do it in this way, it really reinforces your brand and message. And um, it makes a lot of bigger impact compared to that newsletter. Yeah, I think newsletters have a place, right? So like I use a newsletter format for my um, paid VIP members and it literally is just a summary of, it's like a little message from me every week and then it's like a summary of events and happenings that we have for them. So like I don't care what they click on (laughs) because Mm. it's their resource to get to everything throughout the week. You know, like I will, I'm literally just sharing like here's the events that you can sign up for. Um, with my other, with my main list, I love this focus of like taking my, my brand core pieces and breaking it down and giving them one thing to focus on in the email, because otherwise I don't have control basically of where they go and what, what their experience is. And, and that's a problem, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And and you're, you're, you're spot on because I do the same thing. I, I have a membership and for um, people in my membership, I do send a newsletter, right? which is like a summary and, hey, this this is all the great stuff happening. This isn't happening in the group. And it, a, a newsletter fits perfectly into a situation like that. But um, when you are sending it to your broader list, you, mm-hmm. well, I, I wouldn't really want to say you control the narrative, but you want to control the journey to a certain extent. So if you're taking someone from completely not knowing what the pain point is to, to you want to get them to go and buy, you have to be able to kind of stack your messages in a sense that nicely leads that person from you know one email to the other. And with every single email that you send, you want to inch them closer to becoming a client. You want to inch them closer to saying yes to you. And I think email you know gives us that, that, that ability to do it in such a beautiful way, whether it's through a sequence or whether that's through sending weekly emails. Yeah, this is really great. Um, and, and also a good reminder for me, like I have no problem promoting my, my membership and my group, and I have a really hard time promoting my own products and services. So this is just a really good reminder to me, like that can be a focus in my emails and it should be a focus in my emails. And there's a way to do it that is tasteful, you know, and, and authentic to me. So. Yeah. And, you know, there's so much fear around email and selling, but I think if you are just people, the, the problem ha- comes in when if you have your opening cart to your product launch tomorrow, and then you come in today and you say, go buy my thing. I think that's when issues come up and you're going to get that, a little bit of backlash or you might not feel good doing it yourself. And I am a huge believer in in kind of like you know, energy in a sense. And if you don't feel comfortable selling, it's going to come through in your email. But if you are going to layer it and stack it and kind of treat it like a journey, so take someone from the beginning and nudge them slowly 
kind of like across the finish line, then you don't have to hesitate to sell at all because then when you introduce your products and services, it's a natural part of the conversation. It's it's not something that you're just shoving in in, in the middle. Yeah, I love that. Um, all right, so if you could give one like one single takeaway, one thing that people could take action on right away today after listening to this, what would it be? Ooh, wow. One single thing. I know thing. I didn't, I didn't prepare you for that one. <laughs> well, um, I think just to start, I mean, if you haven't emailed your list in some time, send an email out. Um, I, I would say that's like the very first thing you do, like schedule an email um, the second best thing to do is to just take a look at your like your back end, like the minimum viable pieces. For me, um, the, the mainstay is always the welcome email and at least three emails in a welcome email series that go out on auto um, so that you have, you know, you give them a good brand experience. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, I couldn't stick to one, but if it's just one, send an email out if you haven't done it in the, in, in the longest of times. Yes. And you don't need to announce that you didn't do it in a long time. You can just send an email. You don't have to say like, hey, I know I haven't emailed in six months. <laughs> you don't need to say, you don't need to announce that. Yeah. I mean, it's very likely a lot of people didn't notice, but um, for, for many people that I work with, I always give them a heads up. I say, prepare for the unsubscribe because if you haven't emailed them in a long time, mm-hmm. it's very likely people have forgotten. And yes, you will get unsubscribes, but Embrace the unsubscribe because it's a part of any email list. If, you, if you're not getting unsubscribes, I'm going to be a little bit concerned. Um, so it, it's it's part and parcel of every email list. And it's natural. You know, sometimes people, they want certain things, they get, get whatever they need out from you, then they leave. And um, I would rather have them unsubscribe than just stay and not engage or do anything and kind of muck up my stats. And then I don't know if people don't like it. That's why they're not opening it. Or if that person has just kind of gone silent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're, and I think unsubscribes are a good, a good indication that you're doing it consistently because I get one or two or three at least every week. And I'm like, yeah. all right, at least I'm sending emails. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Ready for my rapid roundup questions? Um, I think so. <laughs> okay. What is the single best piece of advice that you have ever gotten? Oh, wow. Um, single best piece. Um, Enjoy, enjoy selling, I would say. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one and a hard one. Um, yeah. All right. What is something that you look forward to every day? I honestly look forward to the mornings. I'm a morning person, which is which makes people cringe because many of them are not. But <laughs> I really do look forward to the mornings. Let's just say if the time zones were reversed, this would not be working for me <laughs> right now. <laughs> okay, wait. Morning, oh, okay. Mornings and coffee. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, what is your number one secret to being successful? Yeah, I, I shot out a lot of things as I was um, building my business um, because I did a lot of things in a different way compared to what was out there. And um, I didn't think it would help me grow, but I, I just felt that it sat right with me. And in the end, it, it just it kind of worked out. Really lovely. I love that. Um, all right. And then why don't you... Let us all know how we can find and connect with you online and maybe like something uh, if you have any freebies or offers or anything like that that you want to share with the audience. Yeah. So since we're talking about email, um, I'm like I said, I'm a huge email nerd and I have a free 
email um, course, kind of like a dripped out email course. So they can take it at mira.email slash course. Um, so it's going to walk them through like the basics of email, what they need to be looking out for, red flags, stuff like that. And um, yeah, I have a couple of books on Amazon as well. They can go and hit me up there on Amazon. Um, I also have a free email book, um, not a free email book. It's, it's an inexpensive email book on Amazon. Um, it's called 300 Email Marketing Tips. That's another one that they can check out. Awesome. And yeah, you have quite a few books on Amazon. So I'll make sure that all the links to all of that um, are in the show notes. And thank you so much. I really appreciated this and enjoyed hearing all of these great new strategies of how we can rethink our email marketing. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, Mira. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.